Thank you very much, Sue, and good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be here this morning, and thank you very much for making the time to be part of what I hope will be a very helpful conversation about the approaches to assessment and the significance of um, those issues within our curricular approach within Scotland and to ensure that we have an open and active dialogue about how best we can advance uh, some of these questions. Uh, the conversation today enables us to share a common understanding of what we mean by assessment, of the context and the purpose for which we use it, and of the fundamental aims that we seek to achieve through our approach to assessment. Now, the assessment approach that we take in Scotland has to sit comfortably with our curricular approach. And the curricular approach that we've opted for in Scotland through Curricular for Excellence is, in my view, fundamentally the correct curricular approach uh, for us to adopt in 21st century Scotland. Um, it, it relies heavily on the judgment of teachers to take a, a framework of education and to bring that to life for pupils at the length and breadth of the country in different ways, in different contexts, in different scenarios, in different settings. But crucially, uh, to do that in a way that enables each young person who is pursuing their involvement in Curriculum for Excellence to do that in a fashion that enables them to fulfil the expectations that we have around Curriculum for Excellence. So we want the curriculum uh, to ensure that young people emerge as effective contributors, as successful learners, as responsible citizens, as confident individuals. Uh, values right at the very heart of Curriculum for Excellence. So uh, if we empower the teaching profession to bring that curriculum to life for individual pupils, and that's the choice that we've made, and in my view it's absolutely the right choice for us to make, we also have to acknowledge the significance of teacher professional judgment in forming the best understanding and appreciation of how we judge whether we are successful in that endeavour. And that, to me, is the fundamental issue that we have to wrestle with because what flows from that is a whole host of issues about the strength and the uh, capacity and the capability that is generated within our education system as a consequence of that learning experience for young people. So in my contribution today, I want to set out some of my expectations about our approach to assessment that sits entirely within the context of ensuring that we are living out the promise of curriculum for excellence and ensuring that our assessment model is appropriately focused on ensuring that we are delivering um, on uh, the curricular model that we have chosen. So I'm going to talk about uh, what we're assessing, why we're assessing, and how we're assessing. But I want to say a few things before I get on to that about what is not, in my view, the purpose of assessment. And what is not, in my view, fundamentally, the purpose of assessment is to structure league tables. That will never form a part of any part of any of the direction that I set to the education system in Scotland. There will never be a day where I stand on a platform and say, the next thing we need in Scotland is league tables. That will not happen, because I think it's corrosive in our education system. 
And I want to explain why. Over the summer, um, I had the pleasure of meeting some fantastic young people at uh, Lochen Secondary School in the east end of Glasgow. Wonderful young people. But in the conversation, they raised with me the fact that their school had largely been trashed by one newspaper because they were at the bottom of the Glasgow Herald League table. Now, I look at these league tables, I see them, they irritate me, they annoy me, and I say, oh, well, you know, put out a line to deal with them, whatever I say about it. No doubt a few expletives around about it as well. Um, so they irritate me and they discomfort me and they annoy me. But they hurt those young people in Loch End. Hurt them. And these were young people, and I don't know all their, their background and all the rest of it, but you know, a lot of them are facing tough challenges. And the last thing they need is one of the glorious newspapers of Scotland essentially singling them out for a roughing up because they're at the, supposedly at the bottom of a particular league table. So what are the messages that I take from that? Well, there's three messages. One is that we shouldn't conceal our ire about things like league tables, and we shouldn't be apologetic about how irritating we find them. Because interestingly, when Glasgow Herald put the league tables out this year, the, second, the day after, they published a whole host of articles saying, oh, league tables don't really tell you anything about the Scottish education system. Why? Because lots and lots of educators piled in on top of them and said, this is a lot of absolute baloney. So we shouldn't contain our ire if we're irked about something, which is at odds with the prevailing model that we think is right for Scottish education. Secondly, uh, we should accept that there are many, many measures of the performance of young people and the achievement of young people and the journey of young people. So our assessment model must never be narrow. It must never say this one particular measure is the holy grail of achievement. It will inevitably be in a complex education system a complex range of factors that we have to weave together, reflect on and understand. And thirdly, um, we must accept that at the heart of our assessment model must be professional judgment of educators, not knee-jerk judgments of newspaper editors. And that's, for, I think, some helpful guidance that I can give to the education system about what my expectations are about um, that whole concept of, of league tables. Because what league tables are presented as is some shorthand way of identifying what is true performance in the education system. And I'm interested in performance in the education system. Of course I am. I don't want you to think for a moment that because I hate league tables, I'm not interested in performance. Quite the contrary. I'm really interested in performance, but I'm interested in informed evidence performance. I'm not interested in just something that fills a couple of pages in a newspaper and allows pupils in Loch End Secondary School and various other schools in the country to feel a bit kicked about as a consequence of that presentation. Because there will be achievement and performance that we need to understand in a variety of different contexts. So that's definitely not what I'm going to be um, interested in. So what are we interested in? Well, what are we assessing? Well, through the choices that we've made on Curriculum for Excellence, we are assessing uh, the 
development of young people and their performance against our expectations of whether they have become effective contributors, successful learners, responsible citizens and confident individuals. And I think it's really important that we keep returning to those aspirations of curriculum for excellence. As we go through our journey to uh, ensure that we have in place the right approach in Scottish education, it is important sometimes to come back to, well not sometimes, habitually, to those founding values and aspirations of curriculum for excellence, the pursuit of the four capacities. Because fundamentally, that is what we are hoping to achieve for young people in Scotland, and we should be continually coming back to that to determine whether or not our approaches and our interventions are providing us with sufficient progress in achieving that, uh, that part of the journey. So the, the approach that I want to see us take is one that anchors our assessment model very firmly in an understanding of whether we are achieving those capacities for young people. And to assist that journey um, and to assist that explanation to people, the new narrative on Curriculum for Excellence was uh, published just on Monday, which has been the product of a great deal of engagement with the education system. And it doesn't change Curriculum for Excellence, it simply presents the arguments and the rationale for Curriculum for Excellence in an updated fashion for educators in 2019. The thinking behind Curriculum for Excellence has been developed over the last 20 years or so, and it's important for educators coming into the profession, but it's also important for educators who are involved in the system today to be able to readily access material that clearly distills what are our hopes and aspirations from Curriculum for Excellence, and the refreshed narrative enables us uh, to do that. But we also have to make sure that as part of that journey, we set assessment as integral to learning and teaching which helps us to evaluate whether we're delivering for Scottish education and whether we're equipping children and young people with the four capacities of curriculum for excellence. And as part of that journey, as Sue mentioned in her introductory remarks, the government has identified the focus that we need to have, which I see is present right across the education system, of the immediate goals of raising attainment for all and closing the poverty-related attainment gaps. So the progress that we make on that journey is material to whether we are able to be confident we are fulfilling the aspirations and the hopes of Curriculum for Excellence. And in coming to that judgment, the measurement model that we've put in place is the National Improvement Framework, which I see readily shaping practice in schools the length and breadth of the country. But it's not a one-dimensional framework. It's not a league table. It's a collection of different measures that gather together. Uh, it was a collection of interventions that the framework identifies that schools should consider and assess and judge as to whether um, they are delivering against the expectations of the National Improvement Framework. But it also puts in place a range of measures, broad measures, a broad range of measures which enable us to make a judgment about the progress that we are making within the education system. And much of that will be distilled around the objectives of closing the poverty-related attainment gap and improving attainment for all. 
So right at the heart of our assessment model is a range of different indicators which give us a sense right across the board as to whether we're making sufficient progress in the efforts, the focused efforts to raise attainment for all and to close the attainment gap as part of the delivery of curriculum for excellence to ensure that young people have command of the four capacities as a consequence of their participation within Scottish education. So that's the detail of what we are assessing um, as part of our journey to deliver CFE. So why are we assessing? Well, we're assessing because we have to be satisfied, and this is where I come back to my interest in performance, we have to be satisfied that we are actually delivering those improvements in performance for young people around the country. And as we look at the, the data that's produced by schools in a variety of different measures, whether it's the achievement of levels data or the SCQF level data, or whether it's the information on health and well-being, or whether it's the participation measures, or whether it's the outcome measures that we look at, all of that helps us to formulate a judgment about whether we're actually delivering that improvement in performance which young people have a right to expect within our education system. So that's the purpose of why we are assessing, to give us the confidence and for it to be subjected to the type of scrutiny that uh, comes to all of us that uh, have to interact either with local education committees or, as I do, with the Parliamentary Education Committee or with parliamentary debates as to whether we are actually delivering that progress. And I think what we need to hold very fast to is the importance of ensuring that debate is not driven by a single measure like attainment levels at SQA exams, but that we are holding fast and leading a debate within the country about the necessity of having that broader range of measures to determine progress or not. And Parliament is having an extensive debate just now about the issue of subject choice within Scottish education. And I'm trying to get Parliament to focus not on questions like that, but on what outcomes have been achieved, because fundamentally what outcomes have been achieved for young people is by far the more important indicator to me than what might be a subject choice available at one particular moment in the educational experience of an individual child. And that's an indication of some of the challenges of the debate that we've got to move on to territory that allows us to have a, a broader more rounded assessment of performance across the whole education system rather than just taking one particular data set and saying that tells us whether Scottish education is up or down as a consequence. Because increasingly as I look at, as I wrestle with the challenges of explaining SQA exam results on one particular day, I am more and more of the view that SQA results day, however important it is, doesn't tell us all we need to know about the performance of the education system because young people are achieving by dint of the broader range of choice that's available to them within schools around the country a much broader range of qualifications than has ever been the case in the past and more valuable qualifications for the experiences and the challenges that young people will face in 21st century Scotland. That's an active debate that we've all got to be involved in to try to ensure that is the case. And then I come thirdly to the question of how are we assessing and of course there are a range of different approaches that are taken to, to doing all of this but fundamentally 
the question of how we are assessing the lies in the broad general education on teacher professional judgment. Yes, that teacher professional judgment will be informed by experiences such as the standardised assessments, and I appreciate there's been controversy around some aspects of the standardised assessments, particularly in relation to P1. But fundamentally, the point that I've tried to advance in this debate is that standardised assessments provide some dispassionate evidence on a comparative basis around the country, given the fact that young people around the country are going through the same standardised assessment of the performance of individual young people against the standards that we expect. Again, I come back to my point, I'm not interested in the league tables that come out of that. I'm interested in whether individual, in individual educators around the country being able to be confident in their own judgment as informed by what the standardised assessments are saying to them about the performance of young people. Now, there's a great hoo-ha during some of the debate about standardised assessments about some comments from teachers which said that, well, the standardised assessments didn't tell me anything that I didn't know already. And I'm not particularly surprised by that. In fact, I'm quite heartened by that because that should give us confidence about the quality of professional judgement. But, of course, you know, a statement and observation like that can be read different ways by different people. But fundamentally, one of the points which struck me when I became the Education Secretary three years ago, I was very struck in my conversations with teachers who had been involved in the 5 to 14 curriculum and who are now teaching curriculum for excellence, that they felt they did not have as much clarity about what was expected of them in the journey through uh, curriculum for excellence as they would like to have. Hence the uh, production of benchmarks, which from the intelligence I pick up from around the education system, have generally been viewed to be a helpful intervention in trying to structure that pr teacher professional judgment uh, about the performance of individual young people. So standardised assessments, yes, have a role to perform, but they have a role to perform in giving objective information to teachers, individual teachers, about the performance of individual young people against the standards that we would readily expect to be the case within the different levels in the broad general education. But fundamentally, the judgment that matters is not the output of the standardised assessment, but the rounded judgment of the teaching profession around the country. And that's crucial in the gathering of information, particularly about the achievement of curriculum for excellence levels, which forms part of that overall judgment about whether we're making progress in raising attainment within the education system and whether we are successful in closing the poverty-related attainment gap, which, of course, is utterly central to the journey that we take forward. Now, just one final comment about standardised assessments. Uh, we have, of course, had the feedback from the, the P1 Practitioner Forum that Sue Ellis chaired, um, some uh, very helpful feedback uh, that required change and reform. We had the uh, review from David Reedy about uh, primary one standardised assessments, and the government, in consultation with our partners, has taken forward um, a range of improvements to the standardised assessments uh, to ensure that that feedback has been taken on board. And we'll continue to listen carefully to the output of the P1 Practitioner Forum, particularly as we um, take forward this agenda. Now, 
I want to take a few moments just to reflect on what essentially can come out of the dialogue today and uh, particularly in formulating the Scottish approach to assessment because Sue made the very correct remark at the outset of this uh, conference that there is a distinctive Scottish uh, assessment model. When the OECD um, looked at um, Scottish education, they said that our judgments on curriculum were correct, but that we needed to strengthen uh, our performance data about whether we were successful in achieving our hopes and ambitions around the education system. When our International Council of Education Advisors looked at the whole issue of standardised assessments and assessments in general, they and a number of them are very, very edgy about standardised assessments, and I, I take a lot of a, a tremendous amount of value from our dialogue with the International Council of Education Advisors. But what they said to us was that they felt the approach that we had taken was it wasn't a, a rigid model, it wasn't um, an off-the-shelf prescribed model. We were trying to create a model that essentially relied upon teacher professional judgment but was informed by substantive evidence. And that encourages me a great deal as a piece of commentary by a range of expert advisors about the progress we are making to ensure that we have a particularly unique uh, assessment model here in Scotland that is closely aligned to the aspirations that we have set out within the curriculum. And what I hope comes out of um, today's discussion are ways in which we can strengthen the holistic framework which considers all aspects of performance within the education system to help us to drive the improvements that we require to see. I hope that we can be clear about the national standards that are expected in curriculum for excellence levels and to be attentive to any areas where we need to strengthen the understanding of what it means to reach particular levels. And that we can all share widely within the education system the primacy of teacher professional judgment because teacher professional judgment for me is an illustration, an example of teacher agency, of teacher empowerment which lies at the heart of the agenda to successfully deliver curriculum for excellence. We will never deliver curriculum for excellence successfully in our country if we have a disempowered teaching profession. It just will not work. It can't work. And equally, we will not be able to make judgments about the progress in the, edu in the education system if we don't have confident teachers, confident in their practice and confident in the model of assessment that they are using. And I hope that the tools that we've put in place through standardised assessments and through the increasing support which I see coming through the regional improvement collaboratives to support moderation um, between schools, because again, moderation is a very challenging area of the education system, and I see really good work being undertaken to strengthen moderation uh, by the regional improvement collaboratives. And I hope that um, the input that uh, we all have at the conference today helps us to enhance many of these aspects. And fundamentally, I hope out of today, you all go out there to the education system and be evangelists about the Scottish assessment model. That you can be confident that this is not an assessment agenda which has got any purpose about it other than to support the learning and teaching of young people, 
and the progress that young people make through our education system. Because I'm interested in nothing else. I'm not interested in the league table agenda. I'm interested in what we can do through the use of assessment to identify the progress that we are making to close the attainment gap and to raise attainment across the board. And, what that, and, and in that journey, what we need to do to improve the quality of learning and teaching within Scottish education. Because only by enhancing the quality of learning and teaching in Scotland will we be able to raise attainment and close the poverty-related attainment gap in Scottish education. So I hope you have a, a fruitful day today. I look forward to hearing the outcomes of the discussion. I'll have some time to uh, listen to Graham Logan to hear what the real story is about all these things and then to take part in one of the workshops. And um, I wish you well for a successful day and look forward to hearing the fruits of your discussions. Thank you very much.